it's that time of the week again, and it's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 655 for October 1st, 2020, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Jill McKinley from the Northwoods of the Start With Small Steps podcast. Those of you listening to the NoSillaCast may already know her from her many fantastic tech reviews for the show. How are you doing today, Jill? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, too. So this is going to be kind of a a meta interesting conversation, I think, because it's questions I want to ask. And uh, hopefully you guys will find this interesting, too. I started a podcast 15 years ago. Jill started a podcast in the last month. And what I thought would be fun to do would be to talk through the technologies and uh, things that have changed and and how different it might be. She doesn't know how it's changed because she didn't do it 15 years ago, but I don't know what it's like now. So I thought it might be kind of fun to compare notes and, and hear how you start a podcast these days. Does that sound good, Jill? That sounds great. All right. Well, this is one thing that is uh, a, a great question, I think, because it doesn't matter when you started your podcast, but why on earth did you decide to do a podcast in the first place? What what possessed you? Well, uh, first of all, I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to uh, a ton of them. I subscribe to 145 oh and monitor another 128 of them. So oh. I am just a big fan of podcasting in general. And you thought and you I wanted started... that kind of fame and fortune too, right? It's big money is what you're looking for. <laughs> right. That's exactly it. But I started in 2008 and I've just been, it's just taken over my life. I'm such a fan. And for my work, I'm a trainer, a software trainer, and I also do presentations at conferences for my work. And I'm a member of Toastmasters. Uh, I just love public speaking. You like talking. And some, I like talking. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best requirement, I think. <laughs> right. And I hope someday to actually be a public speaker where I do other types of conferences because I would just love to do it more. And um, when thinking about it, I read a ton of productivity books. It helped me get out of a really bad childhood. And so it felt like a topic I know a lot about. And I think when you're starting something like this, go with something you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it was it was a desire to teach, a desire to talk, to present, and you had something and you felt compelled because you had something to say, right? Yeah, it, it seems like this perfect intersection of being a ham and a geek. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, I do run into people who say, oh, okay, so Allison, I want to start a podcast. I need your help. I got this. This is the mic I got, and this is a computer, and here's the software I got, and, and uh, here's the hosting company I got. What should I talk about? <laughs> that would be the wrong direction to come from, right? Right, and that was actually it for me. I, I've wanted to do this for a few years, and I just couldn't think of anything to talk about. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. and uh, this. But now you know. That's good. That's good. But now I know. So I, I, this is going to be a little bit difficult because in some ways I have think I've influenced Jill's decisions on, on tools and stuff, but uh, pretend I didn't completely do that. Um, how did you decide what to use to do the recording? What kind of hardware and software? How did you figure that out? Well, uh, you are a big influence. I've been watching your show live on Sunday nights, and I got a chance to watch you actually put the podcast together. And so while I'm also having fun and talking, I got to notice what you do. And I do look at your recommendations and used your website about 20 times a day to find pieces. (laughs) You recommended I start out with Audacity, which is amazing because it's free and it has a million features and it's just great. And cross-platform. But And it's cross-platform. I am a Windows person. What? Okay, this is over. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have an ever so slight Windows bias. (laughs) 
That's okay. We accept all kinds here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, in the process, I started working in Hindenburg, which is also cross-platform, and it had a lot more features. And because I do have a job and I do have to make this as efficient as possible, uh, I, I can't spend so much time making a podcast, I thought I really need to do shortcuts. And Hindenburg allowed me to do a lot of shortcuts to the process. So oh, I switched okay. Over. Okay, interesting. So uh, time is money here. It's, you, can't have, you can't spend all day just goofing around playing, trying to figure out how to get an editor to do what you want. Right. And, and, you know, it's, uh, and I don't, and I'm learning from scratch. So it was going to be a learning process either way. And I just decided to go with the way that made my time more efficient. So you learn, I think, differently than I do. Um, I, I got Jill on the on a Skype call once to try to show her how to do some things in Hindenburg that I thought were pretty tricky. And I think you showed me more than I showed you. Uh, how did you go about learning so much about that software that quickly? I spent the first podcast not knowing a thing about Hindenburg and realized how much I butchered the process. <laughs> so I went back and I started watching videos on YouTube hmm. um, and watching their videos, seeing how they do things. They have a great collection of it. And that's really where I learned it. I also have a printed, I, I, I barely print anything, but this is a printed shortcut page because they use keyboard sh shortcuts quite a bit. So I'm probably doing it wrong then. I, there are a few shortcuts I know that uh, I won't give up. That's uh, I like Hindenburg and I really, really want to love it. Maybe if I learned it better, I would love it. Um, but uh, it is the shortcuts that keep me there because the other applications I'm using are going, oh, I have to do that by hand. That's just, that's just a, a nightmare. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't know they had a bunch of videos. I've always gone to their documentation and their documentation is kind of weird. It's not... Like there's always some essential piece of information that's missing from the instructions where I go, but I don't know what you mean. I don't know where you found that menu. Where is that thing that you're doing? You know, something missing. So watching it in video is probably a much better way to do it. Yeah, their documentation are more like tooltips than they are full-blown feature discussions. It's a good description. It's not like step-by-step. -step. They have little footprints, so you would think they were steps, but <laughs> they aren't really. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, in hardware, you said, so you use Windows. What kind of a PC are you using? Uh, this is actually a pretty low-level PC. My friend gave it to me. Um, so it's uh, just an, an older Hewlett-Packer for my recording studio. Okay. But it has enough, enough oomph to where it can record two video streams and the audio stream on Hindenburg. And that was what I really needed to do because I hope to someday branch out into YouTube. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you doing video yet or are you just experimenting right now? I put the trailer up on YouTube I, for the podcast, and I used video to edit it, but I think I need to get a lot more efficient with the audio process of podcasting before I start my video feed. What was my advice when you said you wanted to do video too? Um, so, stop. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Right. Well, I believe your words were, well, it's probably not that hard. <laughs> I got a scheme cooked up in my head, which I think will work okay. quite nicely for me. And I can tell you my secret is to have two cameras. So one, I'm talking to the camera. And if I screw up and I need a cut, I'll switch to camera two. With the Haven't part you just that's screwed bad. up in camera two? Are you screwing yeah, up Yeah, but both? I can cut it. I can cut it without it looking like a jump cut. It looks just like another camera angle. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Right. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> at the rate I screw up, that would be flip, 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 flip. <laughs> I don't think right. work for like me. I said, I have a ways to go. 
<laughs> All right, cool. So uh, general uh, general PC hardware, uh, you got to pick out a mic. Was that fun? Yeah, I started out with the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which is recommended by you, and that was a great microphone. It was weird because when I heard myself on your podcast, I felt like my voice is deeper than that microphone represented. Uh -huh. So I ended up switching to the Shure 58 microphone. SM58, SM I think, right? Yeah, SM58, uh -huh. right. And I feel like that one picks up my voice a little bit better than the other microphone was. But I still have the other microphone. My friend might do a podcast with me, and so we'll use those two microphones together. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. So the SM58 is an XLR microphone. How are you plugging it into your PC? I have the Shure Motive Box. The, uh, I, M the it's, I think it's the MVI. Is it the, the, yes, it's the just little puck one? Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, that Because I do... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that, that one did the trick for me for a very, very long time. And I bought it after your review, like I buy most <laughs> things after your review. Um, Have I told you about nice, my car? Okay, <laughs> that's right, right. Um, I do travel for a living when we're not having a pandemic, and so what will be nice is that I can take this and the MacBook and record while I'm in hotel rooms and get additional podcasts done while I'm stuck in a hotel room. Yeah, so it'll be nice. Yeah, it is pretty easy to tote along, that's for sure. Um yeah, the either of the microphone well the the ATR2100 can be USB or XLR, so you could use either one of those. Right. Okay, so one of the things I found interesting about that particular piece of hardware is it hasn't changed the the Shure MVI uh XLR to to USB interface hasn't changed in all these years. And they're still selling it, and it still does. It's maybe it's a one-trick pony, but it does that one trick perfectly. It does what it needs That's to right. do. Okay, cool. What, what I, well, I was gonna say, what I think is amazing about all of this is I have a friend of mine's father who used to be a radio guy, and he probably spent hundreds of dollars on setting up a radio studio in his house. Mm -hmm. And probably for $500, I set up a podcasting one in mine. And it's just so amazing how we have the power of radio and Hollywood at our fingertips. Right, right. You just said he probably did spend hundreds. He probably spent thousands, you mean? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, hundreds of thousands. Oh, hundreds yeah. of thousands. Oh, okay. I don't know. A lot more than, yeah. a lot more than 500 bucks, that's for sure. That's right. Yeah, right? it's uh, it is pretty pretty fun how it's uh, it's it's made basically anybody can can make a podcast. So um, one of the things that goes into making a podcast, and I'll just give a description to the audience uh, briefly on what this is, when you subscribe to a podcast, you're subscribing to a feed, and that feed is just a text file. And the text file has in it information about where to find the audio files or the video files, or you can attach absolutely anything you want to. You can attach PDFs to a, to a feed if you want to. Um, so when I started to make my podcast, I looked at Leo Laporte's feed and like the text file. And I typed in my feed file by hand. I typed in every single little bit and that's how I got started. How did you start making your feed? Well, this was interesting because I had no idea how a podcast feed works. I was experienced with RSS feeds. It stands for really simple syndication. And it is, I think back in the eighties, I built basically on my Yahoo website <laughs> by aggregating people's news sites through an RSS feed. And it was just oh, hilarious how I, um, how I used it back in the 80s. Mostly people followed blogs with it back in the day. And it's amazing that it's just still around. And so I didn't know how it, how 
it worked. I didn't know how the, uh, the to get guts a feed up there. Yeah, I didn't know the guts of it. And so that was really perplexing with me. But um, I think what's really amazing about it is that this old technology is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's really egalitarian. It's it, You can't mess with it. It's the one algorithm, I think, that social media and other places can't mess with. It's just a feed. Anyone can have a feed. And so I'm pretty impressed it still lives on. Yeah, the closest it got to messed with is uh, Apple added a few more tags to it when they started Apple Podcasts. But they, they did that for just just literally, you know, added a, just a couple and then they stopped and they haven't messed with it since. So it's not part of the official standard of what RSS is, but it uh, it didn't do any harm. And so everything still works. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're right. You know, when you hear about podcasts going exclusive, I'm not exactly sure how they do that. I mean, they must host the feed behind a paywall or something, I guess. But it's it's a magical file that whenever somebody adds to that file, that causes a new uh, episode to show up in your podcatcher. It's it's literally yeah. it's called item. It's got a little left bracket, you know, or little uh, greater than less than symbols on either side of the word item, and then slash item. And whatever's in the middle there says, "Go find this file. It's an MP3, and this is how big it is, and this is what it's about." And then it magically shows up. It really is magical. <laughs> I think it is magical. I'm really I'm really impressed by it. Uh, it's one of those things where you just say, "Man, that is tried and true." <laughs> But I didn't know how to do it. I looked at uh, several technologies for it. Some of them have to do with WordPress plugins. Mm -hmm. And I was just lost at it. And then you kindly (laughs) gave me Feeder 3, which is just so fantastic. I, I, I can't imagine anything easier. So what's nice is you set up the connection to your website where you're going to upload the XML files where you're and where your podcasts are located. The XML file is there, the feed she's talking about. Yeah, the feed, okay. the RSS feed. Yep. And then I, I'm able to create my podcast, create items in it, like you said, those individual episodes. And in there, I can say what the episode's about, what number it is, how long it is, and then put the show notes in. And that was the part where I was lost. I didn't know how that worked. Where did those come from? (laughs) I I realized I've been listening to podcasts for now 12 years and I have no idea how show notes get in there. So now I do. It comes in through Feeder 3. I can put them in there, make them look nice. And then when I'm ready to publish my podcast, you hit send. And I just can't imagine anything better than that. This, um, yeah, I was, one of the reasons I bought Feeder for Jill, uh, it's from a company called Reinvented Software. Uh, the, The reason I bought it for Jill was, I mean, I thought it'd be fun to surprise somebody and just give them something. That's always, you know, that's always a good time. But I've been using Feeder for probably like 13 of the 15 years. And I gave that guy, whatever, 40 bucks once. And that's it. I mean, I've never, I've never given. And I thought, you know what? I should just give him some more money and I'll make that work by giving it to Jill. Cause it's, um, it's sort of like a blogging piece of software almost, you know, it's very similar to the way I feel about Mars edit. I just, I know where all the pieces are. One of the, one of the crazy things about it is, um, when I've been on vacation and, uh, Bart or Alistair, uh, take care of the show for me, they have modified my feed file. Well, that's not local on my machine. Believe it or not, the way I get the feed back to where they are is I delete it in Feeder. And then I just go out and I could say, bring down a feed and I give it the URL and it sucks it back in. And now it looks like exactly where they left it. So it's not like a syncing thing exactly. It's like you just go get the real one because the real one is the one that's up on my website. Now, um, I, I, did give, um, I did give Jill some advice on where to put 
the feed file, and I'm I'm really passionate about this subject, is your feed file should be a hundred percent in your control when you start a podcast. Because if you have it hosted by Blueberry or hosted by Libsyn or hosted by anybody but you, and then for whatever reason you decide you want to not be there, it's it's difficult to get it away from them. Now, th- these services have gotten better. You can you can get your feeds away from them. But it's like asking permission to have your own money, you know, going to the bank and them saying, well, we'll get around to it, you know. And and so I gave you the advice to keep it on your own website. And hopefully that's what you did. That is absolutely okay. what I did. I I debated that at first. I looked at the um uh what the, the buzz um sorry. I looked at the Buzzsprout application oh. and the people who host that website and they look like amazing people. They give amazing advice, but I felt I had the technical ability to host my own website. I had space already with Bluehost and I felt I knew how domains work. I know how websites work. I can figure out the RSS feed. So I decided to certainly, after your advice, host myself and then own my own feed. So, so. Buzzsprout, um, I think I remember talking to them at the Podcast Expo last year, or Podcast Movement last year. Um, so is this a service where they host everything for you? They can, yeah. They will host everything for you for, I think it comes out to $13 a month per podcast uh, with some limits involved. You can buy more space and more longevity to it. But they also have a number of helpful uh, videos. They have their own podcast. They will teach you how to make your own podcast. And I think what's really neat about them is there was a part in one of their videos that says, now, if you're hosting with us, do this. And then I thought, oh, they're just going to cut it off because mm-hmm. they want to teach you how to host with them. And they said, but if you're not hosting with us, and then they showed you how to do it. And I thought, what oh, amazing people they are. Yeah. They, they they really just want people to be good podcasters. And so I can't say enough good things about them without actually using their services. But they seem like they just want to be great at podcasts. That's interesting. Yeah, I think you're unusual in that you you were already a uh, you were already a sysadmin, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've I, had, I got a lot of experience with websites and stuff, so you had a leg up there. But for somebody else starting out, um, it would be interesting to see whether they could do everything but hold but hold that actual uh, feed file or what their policy is on giving it to you if you say no, I don't want to be with you anymore. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. But I'm out of here. <laughs> Right. And I don't know that. Um, I, But I, you're right. I felt I had the technical ability. I also could set up a website with Bluehost for $200 for two years. I probably could have cut that in half if I really tried. And now I can have as many podcasts as I want. Right, um, right. I, you it's know, yours. Th- these services are three are $13 per podcast. Mm-hmm. I can have now as many as I want. <laughs> the 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 Joe from the Northwoods Empire, you already have visions of expansion, right? <laughs> I have in my head of, of starting two more podcasts yet this year. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a break in the middle here and talk about your podcast and what it's about because I think that's important before we talk about your recording process. So, the title of the podcast is Start with Small Steps. What's your what's your tagline? What's that what's that actually about? Well, like I said, I had problems figuring out what I wanted my podcast to be about. I knew that I wanted it to be in productivity. And I just couldn't figure out what my angle was, how I was going to be different. And this is really hokey, but I watched the Queen's 2019 Christmas speech. And she talked about how everything that's been good from the moon landing to 
uh, rebuilding relationships after D-Day all came from small steps. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's it. Huh. That's what my podcast is going to be. It's going to be about small steps because I think everything I've done right in my life had to do with me, with me not taking gigantic projects and becoming overwhelmed, but instead breaking them down. And so I thought, this is really what my angle is. I really can run with that. So I looked for domain names to see if there were podcasts called this, if there were websites called this, and I finally found that I could exactly fall in this line with a domain name, with a podcast, and the Queen's Speech, and start a podcast trying to help people achieve some of their goals in life by just breaking things down smaller. So I'm going to confess here that I really don't like self-help stuff at all. I don't listen to self-help podcasts. I don't read self-help um, but I really, really like your show. And the, th the thing I'd like to say about it is that it makes me think, you know, I may not do everything you're telling us to do. She gives you challenges. Like there's, there's work to be done when you take Jill's class here. But uh, I, everything makes me think about how I could apply that in my own life. And, and I think that's the best you can hope for, right? As your listener is thinking about their own life and what they can do. Well, I suppose you probably want us to take action too. But, you know, small steps. I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I think so. And that's the feedback I've been getting from people is that they don't necessarily do everything that I'm telling them to do, but it's been making them think about what it is they want to do when trying to tackle things. They get, you know, I know with even like weight loss, what do you want to do? I want to fast and I want to drop 50 pounds this month and it's just not realistic. And so I think that's where I'm really trying to get people to let's slow down, let's break it down a little bit and try to actually win those things as compared to jumping into them. You know, you bringing up weight loss is interesting because it's it's one of the things I like about Jill's show is that she breaks, breaking things down into steps that you can understand, but she gives a lot of different examples in different things. Like in the most recent show you were talking about, well, if you look at your uh, your checkbook and you realize you're running out of money, you got to you gotta break it down and figure out where those pieces are and, and then take small steps to start reducing your expenses. What can you get rid of? That that sort of thing. So you you don't always stick to the same example. There was one about camping. There was, you know, you, you do a broad spectrum so that we're not stuck into, well, Jill's situation is different than mine. You're going to eventually hit whatever it is I'm trying to attack because you're giving all these different examples. So, okay, enough gushing about your show. Okay, stop. <laughs> so with that with that in mind, what's your recording process? Like, are, are you writing this up ahead of time? Are you just that good off the top of your head, scripting bullet points? What? How are you doing it? So I start with a OneNote notebook that is just chock full of... I but just chock full of ideas. I probably have a year's worth of ideas in that notebook wow. already. Wow. So I'm ready to go with that. But that notebook came from all the times I listened to podcasts and read productivity book and thought, wow, what a great idea that is. I really love this idea. So then I would write it down into this notebook, which now has become my podcast notebook. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So you, you already you already had all the uh, all the bullet points. That That's interesting. I had all the bullet points. But one of the things that's really important to me is that I credit people for their work. I hear a lot of podcasts that will take ideas from other people and never say where they got the idea from. Uh -huh. And I would be like, oh, that's really interesting. I'd love to read more about that. But you go to the website, there's nothing there. So I said, my podcast, I'm going to quote people. I'm going to reference them. I'm going to tell you a book it came from so you can go back. So I have the one note notebook that I use for ideas. 
And then I write the podcast uh, up almost entirely. I also have several hundred Audible and Kindle books filled with productivity ideas. So <laughs> I'm ready to go wow. on that. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, referencing every everything very perfectly. I started reading uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's autobiography. And so this, you know, she had somebody, wait, is it autobiography? If you write it yourself, biography, if somebody else yeah. does. She endorsed work with the people who wrote this. And it's hilarious because they're like talking about her childhood and there's footnotes like every fourth sentence. And you can tell what kind of a person she was, was, well, you know, I referred to that, uh, that book that I read there. We got to give them a footnote right there. And this is like some book she read when she was 13 or, you know, some speech she gave. And there's, I mean, there's footnotes everywhere. It sounds like, like uh, a woman after your own heart. Absolutely. I, I sort of joked because someone asked me what style my podcast is in. And I said, it's kind of like a high school paper. <laughs> Bob said this and here's the reference. and But she said that and there's the reference over there. And it's funny because it's a high school paper. I like that. Uh, um, essentially. A, a lot but more I do write them down. Okay. So, yeah. so you've got, uh, you've, got a pod, you've got the podcast where you're talking about things you've learned, where you learned it, and then we can go back to the website. And, and if we're saying, okay, well, that, that, idea really resonated to me. Let me go read that book. You've got links to the books. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's there. And that's one of the things I really liked about your podcast is how many times I would think, well, I really need one of these. I think Allison talked about this and I could go to your website and refer to it. So I absolutely wanted to give people more. So if they thought that's a really intriguing idea, maybe I want to read that one book. So I write it up. I make sure it's fully documented so people can find out more information about it. And it, then I come upstairs and I record it. And right now I started out with reading it. I actually use my iPad, uh, my iPad Pro as a teleprompter. Oh, it's crazy. Did that work? And it, it works really well. There's a really fun app that I used and it, it has worked out really well for me. Now we're going to need to know the app, Jill. <laughs> maybe after the show we can put we can put it in the show notes <laughs> i'll put it in the show notes but um yeah it's uh it's really interesting so then i started reading it and it's fine i think that i do better when i talk mm -hmm. than when i read i sound a little bit more like myself so what i did in the latest podcast is i started with an outline instead and decided to just talk about all the different points that were in the outline, trying to make it more conversational, a little bit less scripted than it was. And while I think it did that, I think I also spent a lot more time editing. I think that oh. there were more mistakes in there. I joked because when I was making something up to say, my Hindenburg audio feed started getting fuzzy. Like I could tell... I didn't know what I was going to say. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, that's fine. You can, <laughs> I can see it in literally the see. I can see in the waveform that I don't know what I'm going to say. So in some sense, it was good because it was more free-flowing. Uh, free but I also think I spend a lot more time on editing than I have in the past. So I'm going to give it a couple more tries and see if I can get better Find at it. Find the sweet spot. I, I really don't recommend doing what I do, which is reading every word. Um I've been doing it so long that the way I write and the way I read are identical now. I don't know which one muta mutated into which. Um, but it does tell you how much easier it is to do a conversation. Like you and I are talking mm -hmm. and you're not having, we won't need to edit this at all, except for the Skype glitches. Um, but it's, 
so much easier to do it in a conversation that gives you that brief time, you know, to switch back and forth of, from, you know, listening and thinking of what you're going to say next. When you're alone on a mic, it's, it's a lot harder. It is a lot harder. I think that's probably why I can do presentations in front of conferences without notes and training. But when I'm on the podcast, I have to have something. I wonder if there's some way it. to think think that through. Yeah, because you don't get edited there uh, when you're when you're on stage, but somehow it seems to flow better. I, I tried doing an outline, by the way, and I spent all of my time erasing words to make it an outline because I kept writing sentences. And finally I said, ah, I'm giving up. I'm just going to do the whole sentence. Right, yeah. And I tried. To, uh, I also fed the last feed into Otter AI before I was typing these up myself. And so I'm basically, it gave me a good education about also how I'm speaking. Because when Otter would run sentences together, I'm like, mm, I'm probably saying sentences running together. I should probably give more of a break. But let, I let think explain, as I get better at it. Yeah, let me explain. Otter.ai is a service that allows you to import audio files or you can actually record directly into it. And it does uh, text transcription. And it's it's yeah. phenomenally good. I mean, it's really surprising for certain ways you can use it. You can use it for free, but uh, it, even when you pay for it, it isn't very much. It's really a tremendous service. So that's how you're getting your show notes? So that's how I got the last show notes, because before I was writing it, so I had the show notes, mm -hmm. and I just had to correct minor words here and there. This time, it was an outline, and so uh, Otter I, I did the whole thing. And the mistakes were mine, because I was running <laughs> sentences together. <laughs> so you can't blame it. Darn it. That's too bad. Cannot blame it. Yeah, that might be a lot of editing to do that, too. It, it might be something to look at over time of whether... You really need it to be a full-fledged blog with every single word, or does it make more sense to have it be the bullet points? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to learn and I'll and then adjust accordingly. Yeah. Very interesting. So, so you're doing a lot of editing of the text and you're doing a lot of editing of the audio as well, right? Yeah, it is. I'm doing a lot of editing right now. First of all, the trailer, which is only two minutes long took 23 tries and it didn't help that the first 17 tries I said the name of my podcast <laughs> that that was that was not good but I got better at that too and you know trying to sound more natural um, I am a fast talker and trying to slow down a little bit and maybe I was slowing down so much that I didn't even sound like myself anymore so again as I get a little bit better with the tempo and a little bit better with Hindenburg I'm doing less editing. And so now this last last episode, which I finished last night, took me about four hours, which is great. You know, if I can keep, I mean, it's 17 <laughs> minutes long. So four hours of 17 minutes wow. is still a lot, but I'm still getting better. Well, um, I don't do nearly as much editing nowadays. That's for sure. I'm not sure I ever did, um, but I can definitely sympathize with that. I do uh, video screencast tutorials for screencasts online and doing video and audio together. Oh, man, like you say, I, mean, I got all excited because in, in one day I got 24 minutes of, of recordings before I started to edit. And I was really excited right. that I got that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, we've already talked about that you do have a website. Oddly, some a lot of podcasters don't, which I find really right. weird. Like, where do they find you if you don't have a website? That seems really strange. I agree. And I wonder, too, if it has a lot to do with what the podcaster is trying to do. Some of them are doing this whole thing of 
books and podcasts and speaking engagements and personal brands. And so I think that maybe they're not as worried about the website, but I know I'm that person that if you say something on a podcast, I'm going to go to your website to try to look up more information about it. And I've just been so disappointed not to see data there. Mm -hmm. So I really felt important about it. Like I said, I live at your website. I probably go there once a week during uh, making this podcast. It was probably 20 times a week, but I just really love to be able to go back and check out those things. Oh, cool. Um, and, and I told you not to gush about the show the whole time, just part of the mm. time, right? <laughs> just part of the time, right? So I ignore the other... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how important is trying to build social engagement with your audience? Is that is that something you want to do or you'd rather not do? How do you look at that? I like that. I like that we have that with you. <laughs> I'm not going to gush again, but I do like that we have that with you. I know other podcasters set up social engagement with their website and other services, and many of them don't hang out there. They don't spend time with the people who are their listeners. And that makes me a little bit sad, to be honest, but there are some who do, and I really appreciate it. So I hope that I'll be able to have some social engagement. I have signed up for all the things, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Slack, Goodreads, and uh, Pinterest and Instagram, mm. each for somewhat different purposes. And I hope that, you know, someday when I have an audience, I will be able to maybe even have like a Zoom meeting with them once a month or once every week or something. Well, that's but I fun. would love to have that in her. I would love to have it. Yeah. So Jill is only on what? Uh, this will be episode four coming out. Four, so she right? isn't just being self-deprecating. She is speaking literally that this, you know, the show has just started. Um, I, I find the I, I wanted to ask you that question about social engagement because I have had a lot of discussions with my podcasting friends. And I, I know one guy in particular who's a big podcaster, big Apple podcaster. And he said, I don't want that. And to me, mm. it was like, you know, an alien had walked in the room. It's like, why wouldn't you want social engagement with, with your listeners? And he's like, well, they can email me if they want to. Really? Right. You don't, I don't have time to talk to them. And, and to me, it, it's the reason for why I do what I do. You know, when uh, you were talking in your uh, third episode about looking at the things that are most important to you and, and, you know, taking the top five. Well, the most important thing about my podcast is being able to talk to the audience. That is the number right. one reason. To me, if I didn't have that, I don't think I'd still be doing it. It's it's the whole point to get to know people and geek out with them and share stories and, you know, meet you in person. I mean, that's what it's yeah, for. Absolutely. And since this is about productivity, I would love to hear what other people are doing and trying and, and if this worked for them or if it didn't work for them or if they had questions, you know, I'd love to do that. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I certainly do like it. It, it to me and, and the things that it's opened up for me in my in my physical life. Like I said, we got you and I got to meet in person. You came and uh, met Steve and me. Um, I've ended up in Europe. I've ended up going to eclipses because of the podcast, all these different connections that I've made with people because of the podcast. So not having that be social engagement, not being a big part of it just doesn't make any sense at all to me. Right. So are you uh, obsessing on download statistics yet? I am trying very hard not to. <laughs> I think that, you know, this is a game over time that you have to build up audiences over years, not 
episodes. And so I'm on episode four. I'm tired, mm. <laughs> but I can't imagine being at 802. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, as it comes along in the number of years that I will build an audience or maybe this isn't the right topic and I'll try something else. But I really do hope not to obsess about the numbers as much as I am. <laughs> and I think you know, you asked the difference about what it is to start a podcast now versus 15 years ago. And I think the difference is there's so much, you probably didn't have much data. You probably had web data. There is so much data out there. There are so many social media sites. There are so many places, put your podcast here, put your podcast there, do this, do that, that for you in starting a podcast 15 years ago, you were thinking, oh my gosh, how do I do that? Or where do I get advice on how to do that? And now it's about how do I cut things out? How do I stop looking at all the data? How do I maybe not sign up for every social media site? And I think that's really the big difference is paring down the amount of information that you're getting and not expanding it. So I am trying hard not to be obsessed about the numbers and some of the things that are out there, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I I occasionally go look at the numbers and and I can get myself all spun up about it or I can look at it and say, hey, people are listening. People are talking to me. I'm having fun. What does that matter? Now, if if what you're looking for is to make money and you need to be you know, living on that, then you need to mutate what you're doing to what people want to hear instead of keeping it what you want to talk about. And I'm in the luxurious position of being able to do the podcast without worrying about whether it makes enough money. That isn't, that isn't a big issue. Um, but I know there's people who do. And so you've got to make sure that you're you're getting that uh, that information to the people the way they want it, and that way they'll listen, and then you can get ads, and you know those metrics really do matter. Yeah, I, f- I figure in fifteen years I'll take a look at it, <laughs> but it's a bi- it's a bit like you know stepping on the scale because if you don't lose weight or you gain weight, you're unhappy, and then if you lose weight, you're just not happy enough with how much you lost. You know, I think listeners' statistics are going to be a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, the other thing is that it, it's often depressing to look at be- because pod- people don't listen to podcasts right when you record them. So if you look tomorrow at how this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond is doing, man, it was the worst episode I've ever published because nobody's listened to it yet, right? Only the people who right. got the feed on the first day and just, you know, live for every episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond, those people will have heard it. But somebody else is going to listen to it a week from now. Somebody else will listen a month. Somebody else will listen two months from now. So the the cumulative number is always bigger, which means your graph is always going down when you look at it, 100% of the time. Yeah, I, it's scary. I don't want to be scared by no, it. No, <laughs> no. The other thing is um, it always goes down in the summer. And this summer, it's going down a lot because nobody's in their cars. So yeah, definitely don't look at the stats. <laughs> right. So final question. Are you having fun yet? This was an interesting question because I started this process in July. And it was fun. You know, you make a website, you pick all the colors. It's a lot like building a house. You know, <laughs> it was it was fun. And then as I started getting closer to when I was planning on releasing it, which was going to be after a week after Labor Day, I started getting very stressed out. Aww. And in the last week before I was going to release, like I said, I didn't know. Wait a minute. How, how do show notes get into the podcast? I don't even know. So I learned a lot. I've been doing a lot. And then as each episode has gone in and, and been published, you saw my first one because you helped me with it. It felt like a celebration. And 
uh, you know, honestly, each one has been better and easier. And, and when I hit that publish button on, on the app, I feel like a million pounds is off my shoulder and it's starting to get fun and I'm starting to get the hang of it. And it's been great so far. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember before Jill published the first episode, um, she kept trying to get it perfect. And I said, no, you don't want it perfect. You want to be able to look back 5, 10, 15 years from now and play it back and just laugh at how bad it was. So if you make it perfect, that that's that's a tough bar. You know, you want to be able to have some fun with it later. <laughs> Right. I saw this uh, YouTube person and she did a review of her very first YouTube video and she just I annotated it. (laughs) Eyes of fear, sweat dripping down my face. And I'm like, I get you. You know, that's right. You're going to look back at this and think, wow, I sound really stressed out. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's funny. I like it. Well, let's uh, let's close this out. Let's tell people what's the name of the show one more time. It is Start With Small Steps. And it's at smallstepspod.com. Small Steps Podcast. Pod. Wait, smallstepspod.com. Yeah, it'd be too many, right. too many characters if you did more than that. All right. This, oh, uh, so what? Uh, how can people contact you, Jill? Well, they can go to that website. That's probably the easiest place because it will have the Facebook site, the Twitter feed, and it'll also have the Slack channel. You know, if you want to talk directly to me, tell me what you're working on or just anything. Give me feedback on the podcast. I'm happy to hear from you in the Slack channel. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much for coming on and and, uh, give me a chance to hear what it's like nowadays to do this. It sounds like there's a a fair amount of it that's the same, but uh, altogether different on other ends. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSillaCastaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSillaCastaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.